0: All right. so cool. Okay. Um, So what else are you supposed to say? Hey, uh, if you want to follow along with me today, you can uh, follow along with the digital bulletin. Uh, You can follow along on the notes that we have there. So like Mindy said on the video, we are continuing this series called Stranger Stories. And I've got a doozy for you today. Last week, we had this really neat story. It's neat. Actually, it's disgusting. um, About... Uh, taken out of judges and this woman named JL killed this dude by sending a tent peg through the temple of his head. So, mmm, tasty. Uh, and uh, if for you at home, if you were watching that and you're maybe like fixing lunch and you're like, oh, this is a great day. Noah's preaching. This is going to be funny. And then I'm like, and then she, and then you're like, mm, not hungry. Sorry about that. Um so we, uh, we continue today, and, uh, and really when we were really starting stories or telling stories, uh, for me, it reminds me of the best way that I intake all of my stories, which is on Netflix or Hulu or any of those things. I, I love streaming uh, different shows, whether it be like superhero stuff or whether it be like crime drama type things. And it makes me think about the olden days, when you had to wait a week to find out what happened to bobby sue and um and really like i'm I'm just a super young person, so like i'm i I'm kind of uh like yeah i I remember when you didn't know it was going to happen the next week on that h b o show, but um you had to like wait for it, it's like anticipation, and all that, but also most of my adult life has been like, well, it's just like watch it, like watch it from start to end. So um, so like How I Met Your Mother, I started watching that and I was like, oh, this is awesome, but I'm catching the end of it. So we just waited a few years and then we bought the entire How I Met Your Mother and we watched it. And you guys want to know how we met the mother? Got to watch it. And uh, But but also like things like Survivor, like, like it used to be the first episode or The Bachelor inside of my case. Um, but uh you, you, you're like anticipating like, okay, so what's the, what's the season going to be like? What's the drama? How are they going to play the game? All that kind of stuff. But you're like voting. You're like, okay, first episode, how is this going to go? Who am I going to pick to win? Do you guys do that too? Anybody else like Survivor? Well, I started watching Survivor um, and watching all of the seasons. And Caitlin's probably tired of of her going and doing her own thing um, at night while I watch my Survivor and watching multiple seasons at the same time. Um, and um, you heard that right, at the same time, like watching 40, 41, 39, and 38 all at the same time. Okay, um, like first episode for anyway. Regardless, I'm a weirdo, but. Um, but trying to be like, okay, who do I think is going to win? And then I don't care really about the, the middle part. But then the end, finding out who actually won, and I'm usually super disappointed because I'm like, you know what? That honest person's going to win on Survivor, and they never do. One time they did. It was this guy, and never mind, I'm not going to tell you the whole situation. Watch it. Um, but today we're going to binge watch or binge read a little bit of Judges. We're going to jump into some stories that are in the smack dab middle of Judges. And, and we, um, we're going to get like a better idea of, um, of kind of what, what's going on. But we're not going to get the full story. So if you want what happened before or what happens after, you're going to have to go home and binge read it. Okay, you're going to have to sit down with judges and you're going to have to intake all of this crazy stuff. And the cool thing about judges is that if you get to the end of a story, you can stop right there. You can go and do something else. You can come back and it'll be a completely different story. And you'll be like, what just happened? I thought we were going to hear more about that person. Nope, that was it. Just a sword through the stomach. That's it. So if that doesn't pique your interest, go read it. Um, That does happen. So what we have today is this dude named Samson. But you don't start off with just Samson. You start off with his parents, Manoah and Manoah's wife. Because we can't give her a name in the Bible. That's fine. Um, But this is what happens. They they need a baby and God delivers. So Judges 13.5 says this. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son. And his hair must never be cut for he will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. He will begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. So at this time, uh, much like last week, we saw in the time of J.L. and Deborah, we had the Canaanites, and they were doing their thing. They were oppressing Israel, and God made a way out of that, but this week we 're hearing about another time, so the Philistines have now overtaken Israel because the israel the Israelites were not found um, well in the sight of God, which means he took his favor away from them. Israelites being god 's chosen people, God uh, helped through Moses and uh, and and Joshua to get them out of um, of Israel or not Israel, out of Egypt and into the promised land, and then this is in between the judges can um, take place in between when there was no need for a king because they were just now getting to their promised land, and when they found a king um, which was King Saul, which turned out to be kind of not the best king in the world as well so in between those times you 've got this this thing that happens where God's people are, are in line with God's plan and then God's people do something else other than God's plan. So God takes away his favor and then, or his, um, his blessing and then God's people fall on their faces. And then they repent to God and then God's like, yep, was here the whole time, just waiting for you to call out to me and then he picks them back up. And then it just happens over and over and over and over again. Well, this time the Philistines come in, they invade Israel. Real good, awesome stuff, right? They're oppressed and, and the Israelites need a judge. So God raises up Samson. And Samson is this Nazarite and he's not Nazarite, like that's not where he's from, but he was taking a vow that would be found inside of Numbers, which means three things. One, he cannot cut his hair. Two, he cannot drink. From anything from the vine, so no wine. He can't eat any grapes, nothing like that. And third thing is he can't touch a dead body. So, of course, Samson's a good good old boy. He doesn't do any of those three things. He dies happy. Nope. Um, Samson uh, was uh, a little bit of a, a heathen, I think is the right word. Um, he, he, he liked to walk on the wild side, and that's cool for us inside of the room that God rescued us out of our wild side, right? And we're like, yeah, that's awesome. But it takes a long time to get to where God wants you when you're on the wild side. So we're going to see a little bit of that. So this is what happens. Samson grows up. He's hanging out inside of a vineyard, not where he's supposed to be. And he sees this super attractive girl. And he's like, I'm going to at her. And he doesn't holla at her. He hollers at his his dad. And he's like, hey, mom, dad, I need you to get this woman for me. And at first they're like, no, she's a Philistine. We're not going to do it. And then eventually, because parents, we want to please our kids in some weird way, even though we're like, oh no, we will never let them have a phone before they're 15. And then their 12th birthday, come on, we can do better. Um, So, but we, we, we want to, to, to like, we want to be on the same wavelength as, as our, as our kids. So, Manoah and his wife are like, you know what? Yes, yes, you can marry this woman named from Timnah and uh, a Philistine woman and it's going to be great. Well, it's not so great because uh, Samson, Israelite, this woman from Timnah, a Philistine, their cultures don't mix and it's just not going to be a very good thing. But when he goes and he sees this woman on the way back, he has this experience with a lion. And what most, most of you guys know, and even if you don't readily go to church, you know something about Samson. Samson was incredibly strong. And just to correct that just a smidge, Samson was incredibly strong because he had the power of the Lord. Much like uh, there's this guy inside of the Bible named King Solomon. And in the Bible, it describes King Solomon as the wisest man to ever live. And it doesn't go just that far. It says, not only is he the wisest man to ever live, he is the wisest man that will ever live. Which means there will never be anybody that comes after King Solomon that will be as wise as King Solomon. Which seems strange to us because King Solomon had way too many wives, Gotten way too many situations that he probably shouldn't have been in. But the wisdom that we see inside of the Bible, the things that he wrote, is incredibly wise. So the Bible depicts him as the wisest man to ever live. He had a similar blessing on his life that Samson did. So Solomon being wise, Samson is strong. So if you are going to equate that, maybe the the strongest man to ever live or will ever live. Okay, so it makes those people who, who like deadlift like 1,000 pounds and their eyes are like bulging out of their heads, it makes them look like wimps, right? And when we, when we really like, we, we think about like how strong he must have been, like it's, it's ridiculous. He tore a lion apart. That's crazy. So, so in, in this situation, he's not where he's supposed to be. He encounters a lion, he tears it apart, he leaves it right there. At that point, I don't think he was out of the Nazarite law. If you have a lion in front of you, I think you're supposed to kill it. I don't know. But I've never been to Africa or Israel, and I've never seen a lion, I've never encountered that. No one's ever told me I'm not supposed to touch a dead body, so I think I would kill the lion. I think that Samson was actually in the right to do so. But he goes home, and then when it comes time for him to marry his wife, he goes back, and on the way to go marry his wife, he sees that lion again, and he looks at it, and he touches it, and he scoops some honey out of it, which is a strange thing, but bees had formed some honey inside of the carcass of this lion. He scoops it up. He starts to eat it. His parents are like, hey, where'd you get that? He's like, don't matter. Do you want some? And then gives it to them. So you've already got him in a vineyard, finds this wife that he probably shouldn't be wifing up. He He's and intends on wifing her up and then he goes and he goes back to this dead body. He's not supposed to be touching dead bodies. Samson's a bad example already. We already are feeling this like we know where the story's going. Like he's just a bad example for us. Well, the story continues and he goes to the wedding and he sees these 30 Philistine guys and like other guys, still today, we like challenge each other's manhood, right? And we're like, well, I bet you can't jump that far. It's like, of course I could jump that far, you know? Like, I bet you can't run as fast as me. I bet you can't lift as strong as me. Well, I guess the weird flex back in the day was I'm going to give you a riddle, and then you are not going to be able to get this riddle. It's like, ooh, real like, hmm, like, oh, darn it, didn't get the riddle. Um, But, but I guess that was the flex back in the day. So he, he tells them this riddle, and this is what the riddle is. He says, out of the one, Judges 14, 14 says, so he said, out of the one who eats came something to eat. Out of the strong came something sweet. And three days later, they were still trying to figure it out. So it was a good riddle. Like, of course, they, they're, not able to, they're not going to be able to understand this. And and so he's like, you know what, I'm going to say this wonderful, this is, uh, I'm sorry, Amber McMath, this is the wrong English term, soliloquy or, or, or haiku, or I don't know. I don't know what it's called. But whatever that rhyme would be. And he's like, I'm going to say that, it, you're not going to be able to guess it. And three days later, they still can't. The fourth day, these 30 men, they, oh, I forgot to even tell you, what's the wager? Because that's the real big part, right? Basically, are 30 men, <laughs> if, you want, if you want the people you invite to your wedding to give you a wedding gift, and you're not sure if they're actually going to give you one, make a wager with them that, that they give you the clothes that they're wearing. And it didn't say that, but it says fine linens and festive clothes, but they're at a wedding. So basically what Samson was saying was, I bet you, you can't figure this riddle out. And actually, going even further, if you can't figure it out on the seventh day, you have to give me the clothes you're wearing. All of all these 30. And he's like, you know what? But if I win, or if you guys win, that's fine. I'll just give you 30 festive clothes, which Samson would not have had. So Samson's like super, super conceited. right? He's like, you can't get this. Well, the fourth day, these 30 men, they go to... His wife, and they're like, Samson's wife, you got to tell me. And she's like, I don't know. And they're like, hey, we're going to kill you if you don't tell me. And she's like, I'll find out. So, goes to Samson, day one. She's like, hey, Boo, what's up with it? Give me the answer I need to this riddle. Well, she, he, he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. She whines and complains and nags him. I'm not saying this. The Bible said this, okay? So much that by the seventh day, he's like, fine, I love you. Come give me a kiss. I'll give you the thing, okay? He's like swooned by her, right? Well, this is what happens. Judges 14, 18 says this. So before sunset the seventh day, the men of the town came to Samson with their answer. What is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? And Samson replied, if you hadn't plowed with my heifer, you wouldn't have solved my riddle. He could have left that last part off. (laughs) But again, this is Samson. And Samson is not this old dude that, that has loved God for so long and taught for so long, and he's like regal and he's like, no, he's a kid. He's, he's young. He's just, he found, so just understanding the situation, he's living with his parents. He then goes to a place he's not supposed to go, he's like sneaking around. He sees this woman he tells his parents, he's like, get her for me, daddy, like that, like, like a little kid, okay? He's a kid. He's a little punk. And the thing is, is that God still was like, yeah, I'm going to use you. Yeah, you're my, you're my person. Still a judge of Israel, which is crazy, which means I can be anything, right? I don't know what I want to be, but this is kind of what I want to be. But, um, but after that, he gets angry. He goes to uh, another town. He beats up thirty dudes. He takes their clothes away. He drops them off, and then he goes and he runs back to his parents' house. And he stays there for a few months. And then when he comes back, this is what happens. This is the big the big boy. Later on, during. The wheat harvest, Samson took a young goat as a present to his wife. And he said, I'm going to my wife's room to sleep with her. But her father wouldn't let him in. I truly thought you must hate her, her father explained. So I gave her in marriage to your best man. But look, her younger sister is even more beautiful than she is. Marry her instead. what a jerk. Going on, Samson said, this time I cannot be blamed for everything I'm going to do to you Philistines. Then he went out and caught 30 foxes. He tied their tails together in pairs and he fastened a torch to each pair. Then he lit the torches and let the foxes run through the grain fields of the Philistines. He burned all of the grain to the ground, including the sheaves and the uncut grain. He also destroyed their vineyards and olive groves. Then they said, who did this the Philistines demanded? Samson was the reply, because his father-in-law from Timnah gave Samson's wife to be married to his best man. So the Philistines went and got the woman and her father and burned them to death. Because you did this, Samson vowed. I won't rest until I take my vengeance on you. So he attacked the Philistines with great fury and killed many of them. What a sweet story. And what a weird story. Such a strange story. Why is this in the Bible? And why? Why did Samson do that? Cuz he's a kid. You imagine yourself as as like a young adult and you're trying to like really trying to like like hone in your your anger and you're doing like like weird stuff like your parents are like, hey, I need you to clean the bathroom. And you clean the bathroom, but all of the stuff that you took off of the counters is underneath the, uh, the the counter. Why? It's not only because you're lazy. It's because your parents told you to do something and you want to do it in kind of a defiant way, right? You think about how um, how people inside of bigger cities, not so much inside of Owasso, because we're like, mm, Owasso, but... Uh, but inside of bigger cities, even bigger than Tulsa, but like you go to Chicago and you'll see whole city blocks that are just graffitied. Why? It's like a defiance. It's like how people kind of show themselves. And now there are graffiti artists that are really talented and people pay them to graffiti the side of their building. But, but for the most part, you see all these graffitis on, on the side of trains and it's just defiance, right? It's like an outlet. And that's pretty much what Samson was doing with the fox. So we, we imagine him impossibly going and grabbing a fox and putting them in a box and then going and getting another one and finding all of these fox until he has 300 and he's like, I am satisfied with this. And then he lets them all go at the same time and he doesn't do that. He, he, he probably wouldn't have done that. What he probably would have done is a lot more of a nuisance Getting two fox, tying their tails together, getting a torch, letting them go through this field, going and finding another two fox, tying their tails together, letting them go through a, a forest and again and again and again and again and again until all of the grain was gone. It's less about him doing some powerful like, oh, I'm Samson kind of thing, and more about him being a public nuisance to the Philistines. Right? It's it's less about this this thing of like, 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 oh wow, how amazing is Samson for doing this amazing feat and more about like, man, he's a jerk. And as I've thought about this for the last week and a half, I mean, there are times in my life where I'm like, yeah, I could burn some some fields down of some people I don't like. And I'm thinking like, like, that's not that bad, I guess. But going going on, so the the Philistines, they demand for Samson. The Israelites turn on Samson and they say, hey, we're going to have to give you to the Philistines because they're going to kill us. And Samson's like, okay, just don't kill me yet. He goes to the Philistines. He's got these ropes. He breaks out of the ropes. He grabs a jawbone of a donkey and he kills a thousand men. That escalated super quickly. I can tell because you guys are still sitting there. He killed a thousand dudes with a jawbone of a donkey. Touching a dead body, by the way. What? And we just zoom right through the story. We don't think these stories are strange. This is, this is the benefit of being a Christian here in America. America. This is the benefit of being exactly who you are, is that you don't think this is very strange. That This isn't some amazing miracle from God. But God had blessed this man with something that nobody else had ever had or would ever have. And he blessed him in such a way that that he, he was able to do something incredible. But he didn't do it the right way. We are seeing all of the bad examples, and, and I, I would say probably none of the things that God intended. All the things I've said, God probably didn't intend for the Philistines, a thousand of them, to be killed like that. That's not his intention, but, but Samson said, you know what, I'm going to do this my way. Because he's this public nuisance, Right? I know it's, it's kind of hard to think of a biblical figure as like a nuisance, but sometimes they were. Sometimes they, they were not the right example. So all of this culminates and boils down to two things. Samson, he misused his position. He misused his position because God made him a judge. He didn't make him the judge. Are you tracking with me? Like he made him a judge of Israel, but he was not supposed to be the one to judge every little thing. And he wasn't going around and sticking his head in business that he, he wasn't supposed to. No, he was creating his own problems, and he was using his position to get inside of those problems. And then he was, even further than that, not, not abiding by his, uh, by his commitments to the Nazarite law or a Nazarite vow. He was saying he doesn't really care about what his parents had this weird conversation with the angel of the Lord, where they found out what they were supposed to do with their son, they're supposed to dedicate him to the Nazarite vow, that he was supposed to be a Nazarite. Like, like that, that doesn't mean anything to Samson. Samson's like, I'm gonna do my own thing. And when he decided to do his own thing, he separated himself from God's intention. He misused his position. Second thing, Samson misused his gifts. And you know what? I'm not strong enough to, to bear that kind of a gift. Like strength that is so incredible that it's, it's almost limitless. That, that seems amazing. That seems amazing. And I, I don't think I would use that for, for good either because I would probably die being the person that would run into a city and be like, I will fix you city and I'm not flame retardant and I would probably die. Because I'd be like trying to be like superhero, right? Samson, he instead used it for his own vengeance. He used, it, he used his gifts that God gave him for his own pleasure to, to, to set up a... A world where he could just basically do whatever he wanted to he even tried to to best people by saying some some silly little um like haiku and say you have to solve this and he was he was so dependent on his own gifts he was like even if i do lose i guess i'll just beat up people for 30 clothes it's not a big deal is this huge, huge divide between where God wanted him and where he was. He's a bad example. So this is my question to you guys. How are you using your position and gifts God has given you? The position you have at your, in your house, the position you have at your work, the gifts that you have naturally, the gifts that you've acquired over the years— how are you using that for God's glory? How are you using that to, to propel Jesus first? Unfortunate thing inside of the Old Testament, they didn't have Jesus. So God used the people of the Old Testament in a different way than he uses us, right? He used the people of the Old Testament to almost be so overwhelmingly charming or strong or wise or different and he he used like Noah like Noah did this amazing feat of building this ark with his kids like that's that's so crazy and then you've you've got these other people in in the bible that 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 destroyed like thousands of armies with just 300 people you're like that doesn't make sense at all these crazy stories in the old testament that we look, about, we look in the New Testament and then we look in modern day, we're like, why doesn't God do that stuff anymore? It's because God used the people of the Old Testament in a way different way than he used the people in the New Testament and what he uses us now. And how he used the people in the Old Testament is when they turned away from God, He visibly, God visibly took his blessing and his favor away from them so they were able, they, they were able to do anything on their own. And if they did anything on their own, then they got the result of using only their own resources right? And it was only when God was reintroduced inside of the equation that they started doing amazing things. They walked around an entire city thing and then blew trumpets and then the whole walls crashed, right? These crazy, amazing things. It's only with the help of God. And now we have the amazing opportunity to have the same closeness that people like the judges would have had, right? These amazing gifts that may not be astronomically cool or whatever to ourselves, but to God, he is using those things, the positions he's put you in and the gifts that you have to leverage his own glory. And he uses us as sons and daughters to fulfill his will. That's huge. That's even cooler than having one guy at one time having the strength of a thousand men. You have a one-on-one relationship with God that you can have at any time. An open communication chain that you don't have to be afraid to go to God with anything. And still, we misuse our gifts and our position. We We don't realize what God has given us, right? We don't realize that that if you're inside of a job that talks to people all the time, even if you're supposed to read a script of your entire job and you're like, this is the most like, like clock in, clock out, go home and sleep job, you don't understand that you have, you have the ability through whatever to say, man, I hope you're having a great day. If your job will allow to say, God bless you. And most of our jobs will because of the place that we live, Right? Most of us live inside of a, a world where we can openly be like, I love Jesus. And if you want to know why I love Jesus, and you, if you want to know like why I stand for what I stand, you can just ask me. You don't have to be that open about it. Maybe you can be quiet about it. You can be like, hey, I love Jesus. Through your actions. But still, are you using the position and the gifts that God has given you the right way appropriately so during the time of this this whole thing of of the Philistines and all that kind of stuff why would God give Samson such a a powerful gift right well he gave it to him if you if you think in the future the Philistines were not destroyed and like like crumpled in the ground by the Israelites, what happened? Years later, with King David, before he was even king, you've got the Philistines trying to have a war with the Israelites. And who steps out of the war or out of the the warriors? It's Goliath, right? The Philistines probably had some pretty big old dudes, It probably wasn't an easy thing for the Israelites to attempt to overtake the Philistines, even during the time of Judges. It's probably all these dudes, that were probably pretty good at fighting. So God gave Samson an over an abundance of strength. And above and beyond anything that we could ever ask for. And the cool thing is that he has given that same thing to you. Psalms 34, 19 says this. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to rescue, to, comes to the rescue each time. If you are a righteous person, you're not. But if you are covered by the blood of Jesus, if you're a Christian, if you are someone who said, you know what? I have decided. One, I'm going to give my entire life to God, and I am committing to follow Him the rest of my life. And you're saying to, to the world and to yourself and to your family and to God, I commit myself to living for you, God. You are what the world calls a Christian. You are a disciple of Christ. You you are set apart. And if you are set apart, God looks at you, it's gonna sound crazy, as righteous. He looks at you is good. Because he doesn't see all the bad that you've done. He sees his son. Right? He sees the sacrifice that he made for you. And when he sees that sacrifice, he looks at you and he says, he says you are righteous. You are my child. You inherit everything that I have to give. I give it to you. It's powerful. And because of that, you're going to face Many trials, many troubles. You're going to be in situations that you do not want to be in. But what's the encouragement? The Lord comes to the rescue each time. Why can we not remember that? When we get inside of a situation where we need to use our glory, or not use our glory, use our gifts and our position for God's glory. We should take every opportunity to say yes, 100%. First and foremost, when we feel like that we are in a situation where God is on the back burner, we should be able to say, you know what, for my family's sake, for my own sake, for the sake of those who I'm going to be an influence to, I need to take a step back. I need to realign myself with God. One more thing and then we're done. There have been so many times, and I only know from my own life, there have been so many times where I've been so anxious over something that I need to change in my own life that I've put it off, right? We've all done that. Where we've put off what God wanted us to do. Because it's it's too big, it's it's too messy, so we procrastinate. Our relationship with God. And we're like, I know that I need to do this or do that. Whatever God has called you to do, what you feel inside of your heart is right to do in giving God glory. And when we hide that away from God, when we, when we, we hold it close to our chest and we try to do things on our own, we only get our own results, what only we can do but we all know this feeling right here. When you are pushed to a point where you have to ask for help and it turns out amazing. Or you're pushed to a point where you have no other choice but to say, I'm done, like I can't go any further. And somebody comes along and helps you out. Or, wild, God actually helps you. Like, you get the mercy that you needed, the grace that you needed, that you didn't deserve. We all know small pieces of that. May imagine what God wants to do with our entire lives. When we are able to say, you know what? No, nothing's more important than me saying, I want you to be first, God. That's what Samson was missing. Samson was missing this what do you want me to do, God? And instead, he hot-headedly, is that that's not a word, hot-headedly ran into these situations. And they weren't good situations. And they didn't yield good results. People died, most likely unnecessarily. He let down his relationship with God. Even though God was blessing him and, and still gave him strength even though he was in a vineyard, even though he touched dead bodies, no big deal God gave him a lot of grace but now we, now we see hindsight that God, God had this huge plan for the Philistines he wanted to use Samson and God, God did use Samson but you have to read a little further to get how he did And it wasn't at an easy cost. It wasn't at a cheap cost. So what's the take home is this. God's strength is demonstrated when we use our position and our gifts for his glory. Super simple. I hope you'll remember it. I hope I'll remember it. That when we are faced with somebody who is an adversary, an enemy, that we can remember that that the Lord comes to rescue every time. Let's pray. God, you are gracious and you are so good, and I thank you for today. I pray that you will continue to move inside of our lives to accomplish what only you can accomplish. God, I, I pray that, that you'll help us to, to learn from these stories in the Bible that are, that are both real stories of knuckleheads, but also... Um, the real stories of, of us its exposing our own greed, it's our own lust, our own pride, God. God, take those things away from us. As we look to you and we ask you for forgiveness, we focus on you with our lives. God, we're leaning into you, God. Lead us like only you can lead us, God help us to give you the glory through our gifts and our position. We always give you glory. We always give you praise. forever and always. Amen. All right. They're wrapping it up in the service, but I wanted to let you guys know that we at Central, we're super glad that you were here today. If you need prayer, you can just email us at prayer at cbcawasso.org. And if you're wondering when is a good time to come and be part of the service, come in person, uh, let this be your invitation right now. Uh, We'd love to see your face. Or even if you just want to comment something, we'd love to talk to you. And remember, here at Central, we're a church where Jesus changes everything. See you next week.